0: Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book
1: industry as
2: creators, characters, and fans.
1: Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 111 or 111 or 111. I don't know. <laughs> make a wish <laughs> it's uh it, it looks cool it looks like uh we have we're, we're uh churning him out guys churning him out uh we have uh we are your hosts on this momentous 111 episode i'm sarah i'm kristen and i'm jen all right what what's
2: going on girls what's going on what's happening what's the haps Okay, so I'm going to tell all you guys the craziness that is going on with me because I'm stressed the F out. So I have, this is Kristen. Uh, For those of you who may not know, I am co-owner of Heidi Hill Comics, but I am the day-to-day manager of the shop. And two of my employees, specifically my gaming manager and another person who was only into magic, Not only, but like mostly magic, are leaving for greener pastures. One is having this horrible, horrible, horrible opportunity where he got accepted to a graduate program in freaking Milan, Italy.
1: What?
0: Oh, my God.
2: (laughs)
1: Oh, oh, wow. That's amazing. And the other one
2: was going to um, has been studying to become a contractor. But because of COVID, there's been a delay but instead got a job, I want to say, at either Cedar Sinai, or Kaiser. I can't remember which one, but one of those medical facilities with full benefits, full time. I mean, like, both of these people are going on, obviously, to jobs that will further their career. And I I cannot be happier for them, except for that I hate their guts. And And it's putting me in a spot where I'm very stressed out specifically because they're taking all of their magic knowledge with them and there is nobody left that has the kind of knowledge that they do. Now, I do have some employees that play magic and like stay on top of like releases and that kind of thing, but I'm very overwhelmed with having to learn more about that portion of it because I relied so heavily on. manager for so long and I'm just very um I'm this doesn't often happen to me but I'm doubting myself so that's where I am right now
0: (laughs) no that's huge that is really big it's Um, a lot especially yeah I know I know Yair and I'm very happy for him too getting into Milan and the university there and like uh, for his move but at the same time I was just like he knows so much his knowledge is just like so grand and that only comes from him being an interested in magic since he has yes. been in high school and stuff like that yeah. it's going to be very hard to find a replacement for him because simply he was he was very charismatic he was very he knew his stuff Uh, And he was, and he was very diligent about keeping up on top of things and like orders and stuff like that. So it's like, it's, it's very hard to find somebody who can fill in uh, his role and how you have now been thrust with all this responsibility. And it's like, yeah, let's. Yeah, like, and I'm... on top
2: of that, I don't know if you guys can hear it, but the elotero is outside fucking honking his horn, and I want it so bad, but I'm barely in the <laughs> second week of Whole30, and he has raspados, too. Oh.
0: <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>
2: it's that time, boys,
1: in California. Yes. So, that's me. How about you guys? <laughs> <laughs> How's it going,
0: Jen? What's going on
1: with your studies?
0: Um, well... I don't know if I mentioned this, but I hate my communications professor. Yes. Um, um, every chance you get. <laughs> every chance I get. I utterly, completely, like, loathe her. Like, she's, just, like, uh, she's an entire personality unto herself that I think has some more to do with me not really being that type of personality. Like, very, like, loud, very extroverted, very, like, I want to say girl boss energy and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but like girl boss energy taken to like the fucking extreme and so I'm and like she's like like, yeah like you like you need to do this and blah 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 and like be more specific and I and I'm just all like whatever like I'm not like this isn't this isn't me I'm only doing this fucking class because I have to yeah and I'm just hitting a point with that class where I'm just I have a very high B. And I've done all my assignments, but I'm thinking of not turning in one of my speeches because I'm just really fucking tired. I'm like, and I'm just like, and I did the math and I was just like, if I don't do this thing, it's just going to send my grade down to a low B. But at the same time, I'm just like, I have to at least try so that I can maintain my grade. But I'm putting in more effort to my other classes that I have A's high A's in and this one class is just like anytime I look at it I'm just filled with uh resentment towards it and I'm just <laughs> right. all like I uh, like uh I'm and like we're like halfway through like we uh my spring break starts uh tomorrow and maybe I might take some time to like reflect and be like okay now I gotta do this and uh and see if I can get ahead because I was actually ahead on I actually am ahead on all of my work for my other classes except that speech class where I'm just like, it's like, I'm just dragging my fucking feet. And I and I didn't realize that I kind of had a routine and a system that I do with classes that I don't like. And it's basically, and it's not like a very good routine because I basically leave it all the way towards the end. Like I leave anything that has to do with that class, I wait till the last mo- moment to do, to the last minute. Like I super procrastinate on all the stuff. And that's why I, like, I'm just like, like, looking at me and the fact that I fell back into the system. I was just like, oh, I haven't changed at all. And I was just like, and, uh, and just like realizing that like one, I like, I realized one, the fact that I realized that I was doing this, I was just like, okay, so I can recognize this in myself. But at the same time, I'm just like, Okay, so like all the growth that I thought I did, I actually haven't done because here I am falling back into like an old fucking system that sent me into a downward spiral at UCLA. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm just like, I have to get over this, but I don't know how to go about that. So that's it's been it's been a week. (laughs) (laughs) And, And yeah, it's just and then also right now we're helping out one of my dad's friends because he's homeless right now and so he's coming over to our house to like shower and stuff like that and we're thinking of like offering him like to like stay here and like sleep because like he's like he's homeless and he's like an older man as well so he doesn't have a lot of resources to fall back onto but that and this is good this and at the same time like it sounds so selfish but that's gonna like ruin my routine and stuff like that. And what it is that I do, even how I fucking dress in the house, because yeah. immediately, as soon as we said it, my mom was just like, you can't be dressing like that. And I'm just like, I'm in my fucking pajamas. Yeah. But she's like, Nope. And she's like, you're gonna have to change. And I'm just like, ah. but at the same time, <laughs> I also agree with her because I'm just like, yeah, this isn't gonna be this isn't gonna be it chief. So I'm, I'm changing how I dress and like where I where I'm staying and like, where I do my schoolwork and stuff like that. But also at the same time, I'm very glad that we're offering this to this man who has been a longtime friend of our family, of my dad and my family, and I know him. And I'm really sad that he's in this situation. But also at the same time, like we live in a very, we, there's already a lot of us here. Yeah. And I'm trying very hard to like move out and do stuff like that, but it's, it's hard. And this is just going to be even like, more difficult so we'll see how we'll see how that goes but at the same time like I'm very I'm very happy that my parents have this kindness in their heart that they can extend our home uh to this man as well and so it's just it's been a very long week of like of like I gotta get my shit together also I'm being kind of shitty but also uh and like I don't like I like I don't know it's just been a lot and I just want to like Curl up in bed and go to sleep for five million years.
2: Except for there's some strange man there.
0: <laughs> yeah, except for there's some. He's not. I mean, he's not that much of. He's like I said. We've known him for a, yeah for a while, but at the same time, it's just not like. Mm, yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. Your spring break is for reals. For reals, coming this time, <laughs> and that. Maybe yes. You can have some opportunity to relax and recenter
0: yourself. Mm-hmm. Last time I got confused, it was not my spring break. I was right. just like, <laughs> I think it was, but I wasn't sure. I still had homework, but now it is my for is my spring break. Yeah. So who knows?
1: Damn, that's crazy stuff, though. Mm-hmm. It's gonna get. It's gonna take some time mm-hmm. to adapt, but you're right. It's really like a real huge kindness that your parents can offer some help. So that's really cool. As for me, I'm digging a ditch with my husband. It's it's uh, uh something we do together. <laughs> so we uh we're trying to uh there is an obstruction or a collapse in one of our plumbings that was uh, oh, very old. So yeah. it's made out of ceramic or yeah, ceramic um, or mud and twigs. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh so we need to change it to a PVC pipe and I think where i think where the collapsing is is where the new pipe we put in like 10 years ago was uh was um the joint was added to these to the old pipe so i think that's where it the collapsing is right now um so i had i had the gas company guy come three times to the house first um because uh, well I wanted to know where the line went but right. he, he refused yeah. to go to the side of the house because there were some bikes there and I'm like I can move him he goes I don't have time for that I was like what okay. he yeah. didn't have time for you to move the bikes yeah there was a bike and I think uh, there were two boxes of like you know recyclable stuff mm-hmm. and so I'm like okay fine uh, you know he goes I'll come yeah. back you know your ticket doesn't expire blah blah so he came back the very next day and I was just like oh man my my husband didn't move clean it and I know you can't stick around for me to clean it so he's like okay fine I'll come back again and I okay fine I will you know moderate moderate um modify the ticket and then so I said I honey I have bad news we got to do it now because this guy's gonna come and we're not gonna be able to get this the measurements and so then he he flagged it all down um and then my husband started digging and we started digging and digging. And we, we, the last time we dug and put in the new clean out, we were like four inches away from the gas line. Oh my God. I know. Wow. I'm like, how did we fucking miss that? Like, I cannot fucking believe it, but I'm glad we did. We, yeah. Fucking, yeah. Um, so now we know where the gas line is. And so I'm, you know, exactly where he put the little flag was where it was. And it was like at a three, Three is the three foot debt depth so uh, right where the clean out starts and apparently I think it, it's right in the same vicinity as the pipes of the plumbing are so we're gonna have to be really really careful with that but I'm already set to buy a, a wheelbarrow on this weekend because we now I got to wheel out the because it's on the side of the house so we don't have that much space to put on all the dirt so I'm gonna have to be wheeling out the dirt los palazos de the the mud and shit so anyway that that's been uh, what we've been working on right now we hope to do it like within the next two months because we do have to dig at least four feet uh, of dirt so that's basically like almost as tall as me is what we have to dig so wow very excited yeah super excited super excited guys (laughs) (laughs) we've been finding all sorts of crap uh, he found a root that had, had had actually grown into a metal pipe, which was trash, but I'm just like, wow, it grew into the metal pipe. And we've been finding like telephone um, uh, wires and some old pots, like, I guess, like potting plots, you know, like the ceramic stuff. We've been, it's, it's been interesting. It's been interesting to say the least.
0: Wow. <laughs> no dead bodies? No dead bodies yet.
1: No dead bodies yet, but maybe you know, maybe we'll find a dead cat or something like that. It'll be interesting. Definitely interesting. All right, guys. I, you know what? After that intro, I think we all are feeling this. What time is it right now? Like right now. ¿Qué hora es, Kristen? Es la hora de la cervecita,
2: and I love the artwork on this can. It is another George Lopez Brewing Company beer. And this time it is Agria y Fresca, a hibiscus-infused sour ale. Uh, And it is, let's see, a, where is the ABV on this? It's a 4.4, so it is a very tame beer. And the can says, the flavor of every carnival you remember. (laughs) And then it says, I (laughs) eat. Get an egg filled with confetti and break it over your head because it doesn't get more real than this. Hashtag Mm -hmm. doma, which for (laughs) you English or non-Spanish speakers means drink. So (laughs) um, the artwork is so super cool. There is like hibiscus flowers on the can there is mm-hmm. like an old school like cholo skeleton with bandana and fedora there mm-hmm. is a low rider i believe yep that's a low rider mm-hmm. there's that's a, a low rider a heart with a, a a woman's crying eye it is so cholo it hurts
1: we got the hoop earrings on the lady uh right behind the cholo she uh, she got that eyeliner eyes uh really really dark lipstick and those hoop earrings girls so Mm -hmm.
2: agria fresca is a crushable tart ghost and it's a perfect beer for the practically year-round hot and sunny california days It's light and easy drinking beer in every way. And this time around, they've added hibiscus flowers as a focal point. Uh, So it says it gives it a beautiful pink hue and a wonderfully fresh hibiscus aroma.
0: All right, let's see. I
1: I did not feel like pouring it into a glass, but I feel now that you described the color that I should have brought a glass. I have Um, a
2: glass, so I'm going to pour it right now.
1: Oh, excellent. Um,
2: yeah, this is pretty interesting. And it's really a tall can. Ooh. It's not a It regular- is a tall can. It is one pint. So 16 ounces.
1: So yeah. here is the. Oh, wow. Ooh. That's a pretty color. And those are some rocket nails you got there. <laughs> <laughs> I know I never posted
2: these um, up um, when I changed them last week. And then I broke my nail at work. And then one came off a little bit. And I was like, Meh, I'll wait. So I'm waiting for my 80s nails. I can't I can't wait. <laughs> okay, so I'm smelling it and it already is making my mouth water. And I mean, it says it right on the title. Agria in Spanish means sour. So it's telling you right here, this is sour and fresh. <laughs> so I'm a little bit scared, but I'm, I'm also excited because I love hibiscus. <laughs> I'm going to take a taste. Right off the bat, oh my God, it was so sour, but I kind of like it.
0: <laughs> it's not a bad sour. And I, it, you can immediately taste the hibiscus. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, I really like it. And now I'm not a fan of sours. Both me and Kristen are not fans of, of sours, but this is like a good, nice tart sour that isn't it's like
1: tart. It,
0: it's yeah it's uh it's not too offensive uh and it. I think it really really goes well especially for something like Jamaica that actually is uh, itself a little sour as well yes. when you're drinking mm-hmm. it as well but like sour tart it's just there's something about it that's like that definitely is sets off the sour taste in your taste buds when you're drinking it along with like it being sweet So I think this is like a really good way of making, uh, of incorporating it. I think it's a natural fit for a sour and I really like it. I think it's, it's, it is refreshing actually.
2: Yeah. And some it's, it's hot as hell right now. On some sours, I will drink it and it'll hit the back sides of my tongue. But this one immediately, I could taste it sour on the front and I could feel it sour. And then it spread all throughout my tongue and mouth. And so that was new, but then on my second drink, the, um, the shock was kind of gone and I could taste the hibiscus and the flavors and actually really good. And it reminds me, it's not sweet at all, but it reminds me of sour candy. Yes. Yes, it's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, the sour is not offensive as some can be. I mean, it's sour through and through, but... It's Mm -hmm. it's not turning me off to it like some of the the other ghosts and sours that we've had Mm -hmm. uh,
1: have in the past. So what do you think, Sarah? Well, I I definitely the the sour has impacted my tummy, and I'm glad I ate something before we started. Uh, Yeah, because (laughs) uh, because I think this would have hit like it's so sour that it really hits uh, all the acidity points in my belly but it's really delicious (laughs) and I love the color. Um, I'm not, I'm not disappointed with this. I also like the fact that it's a large, it's a tall can. So yes, you get mm -hmm. as much in this can as you would if you went to the brewery
2: and ordered it right off of tap.
1: This is delicious. I really like it. So what is our rating scale, Kristen?
2: So for those of you who may not know, we rate our Beers on a five point rating scale where one out of five is flaccid, two out of five is initial, a three out of five is a partial, a four out of five is a full and a five out of five is rigid. And if it is a beer that we just love so much that we have to go off the scale, a six out of five is a super saiyan. So uh, what do you want to rate this beer, Sarah?
1: Oh my God, I, I'm trying to blend. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say initial. That's the Sarah and I'm saying an initial. Okay, so that's oh, a two out of
0: five. How about you, Jen? I'm going to go with a partial. Uh, I like it. I'll drink it. Just personally for me, sours are not my immediate go-to. I found through this podcast that I actually really like quarters and stouts. So a sour is very much on the opposite spectrum of those uh too but it still is pretty flavorful it's pretty tasty i would drink it if it was offered to me i wouldn't willingly like go and reach out for it but i like it so i'm gonna give it a partial
2: okay so this is kristen and i am also gonna give it a partial which is a three out of five just like jen said sours are not my favorite and generally my reaction to them are just completely like a big no i do not like them But this is flavorful. I really enjoyed the hibiscus flavor, um, and it is not too overpowering, and I would drink it again, definitely. Um, So far, so good on the tummy. It hasn't hit my tummy wrong, but I can definitely see how the sourness of it might be harsh for some people. So I am also giving it a partial, which is a three out of five.
1: All right, guys, it's now time for Cheesement de la Semana. Kristen, you have some Cheesement for us.
2: Yes, so I am
1: so excited, but also so super
2: sad at the same time about this Cheesement because it is about Disneyland. And for those of you, gosh, I think at some point I was still a... Passholder, when we were recording I mean we've been doing it for so long um, but it's been so long since I haven't had one that maybe that wasn't the case but um, if I have talked about it you know that I am a big Disney nerd i um, specifically love going to the Disneyland Resort and parks I love Disney World as well but obviously Disneyland and California Adventure is right in my backyard and the cheese me is not that the Disneyland Resort's op- reopening date is on the horizon, which is actually April 30th, so the end of this month. But the cheese me is that um, Avengers Campus is going to be opening. They should have opened last summer, but obviously, um, because of COVID, all that was put behind. Um, schedule and so disney california adventure also shut down with the disneyland resort but construction continued and they pushed forward with continuing to build the avengers campus which in case you do not know and maybe you listeners don't know either their very first attraction that they're going to open is called web slingers which is going to be a spider-man adventure and it says it's featuring Tom Holland. So I'm assuming like he comes out and talks to you on the screen or he takes you on some adventure or something like that. And so the um, the <laughs> the park is scheduled to open um, on the 30th. And uh, let's see, it says that uh, there is a new opening date for Avengers Campus, which will be, uh, let's see. It will be on the Thursday after, I believe. So it says new opening date for Avengers Campus on Thursday afternoon as part of a press event. Oh, no, I guess that was, that was, they announced it on a Thursday that it was gonna be on April 30th. So, nope, I'm wrong again. <laughs> it opens on June 4th.
0: <laughs> where it was.
2: Okay, it was hidden over here. Okay, so June, April 30th is when Disney California Adventure is gonna reopen. And Avengers Campus will open on June 4th. And we will share a link, um, which includes a small little video uh, mock-up of what the artist rendition of Avengers Campus um, looks like. And you'll kind of get a good example, a good idea of what it's gonna look like. So there, it looks like there's going to be a freaking Quinjet that is in the area. So, Mm.
0: um,
2: and it says that, let's see, that might actually be um, uh, a ride or like experience as well to get inside the Quinjet. So that's pretty cool. I'm excited. I was excited from day one when Disney started to incorporate more uh, Marvel Things once they acquired that, um, that uh, what do you call it? Licensing. Licensing, yeah. And so they started by changing over Power of Terror to Guardians of the Galaxy, and then they mm-hmm. have different little spots in Disneyland, uh, California Adventure. Where you can go and take pictures with the Marvel characters. Yeah. Um, there were Marvel shows where they would come out and do stuff. So I'm really excited. The, the saddest part of it, though, is that one of my favorite things, the Muppets 3D oh. thing, is gone now. So, what? Oh. No, I love that. <laughs> yeah. That so, so funny.
0: Because
2: that's in the area where the um, that and Monsters Inc is all well actually it's in bugs land i know they were taking and redoing bugs land but now that now that i'm thinking about it i don't know if monster zeke has changed or not but i was pretty sure that they said that muppets was going to be gone so maybe i got that wrong so you know it is just cheese mist so let me know
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right guys uh have you uh, that sounds amazing i i I'm very excited. Um, I, I, I'm i getting my second dose on the 20, 28th of uh, April and my husband got the single dose and so did Stephanie. So maybe we'll be able to go out again. I don't I know. Know. I'm so very looking nice. forward to
2: it as well. I mean, at least it will give you a little bit of peace of mind that if for whatever reason you do come into contact with it and um, do come down with it, that you are not going to it, it's not going to be a life-threatening uh, situation. So mm-hmm. I know there's lots of like uh, variants that they're talking about and some other crazy things that uh, are trying to scare everybody and they're super valid, I understand but geez, it's just so I'm just so ready to go
1: out and experience the world again. Oh, definitely, definitely.
0: Someone did a New York Times uh, opinion piece. Saying when, is, when is it safe to go make out with strangers again, and I felt
1: that. <laughs> oh my god, you, I didn't even think about the single people out there trying to date during
0: COVID. I I'm have, not to date, I'm just trying to get laid. I,
1: I have because I've been
0: listening
2: <laughs> to a podcast, and they're it's a swingers podcast, and I was like, It and they started back in like 2015 or 2017, and I was like. What And they're still, they have um episodes up that are recent. I was like, what did they do during COVID? So I'm trying to catch up. <laughs> I still have many years to go before I get to it because I only listen to it here and there. But I was like, what did they do? Like these, <laughs> these people would go to swinger parties. They would answer ads on the internet. They wow. were meeting strangers. Wow. So like that really screws up your game. <laughs>
0: it really does and I'm like damn anyways once it is man, I don't even know because I'm 27 now and I get tired once it hits midnight like it's like damn
2: boy midnight you're still doing midnight I'm asleep by (laughs) 8 (laughs) 30.
0: it's gonna slowly progress until I can't even be out and partying at at 8 or 9 p.m. anymore it's gonna be so sad
1: (laughs) gosh that sucks but in other news, guys, um, did you are you guys all caught up with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? No, no. OK, okay. well, I have man. a date
2: to watch it tonight. Spoilers.
1: No, this no, I'm not going to spoil ep- it.
2: This week's episode, <laughs> we have we watch it with a group of people who like chat and talk about it while we watch. And so uh, usually we do it on Friday nights at nine, but a lot of people couldn't make it. So they postponed it to tonight at nine and, or eight, eight or nine. And so all I saw was that you posted "Wow," and someone else said that ending, and I was like, "No, I can't watch. I, I can't. I don't want to be spoiled." So so far, so good. I don't know what's going on.
0: I don't know anything that's going on, and I think that's a fucking miracle,
1: <laughs> dude. Oh. Um, it's just well, this episode. I'm not sure which episode is this three or four. No, I think it's four. It's okay. Well, episode four, um, we don't know when this will be out, but my God, if you're not watching it, get on board because that is so good. And this ending just, oh my, it just, I felt it in my soul. It was just, whoo, whoo, <laughs> somebody pour some cold water on me. It was just like amazing. And at the, um, I think the level of writing in the show is just really, really great. So um get out and watch that show, man. We need more shows like this to keep to get us through this pandemic. But yeah, that's my cheese make. Go out and watch that.
0: <laughs> I'll watch it when all the episodes are out.
1: <laughs> all right, guys, it's now time for our book review. What are we
0: reviewing today, girls? So today we are reviewing Delicate, which is actually the sequel to Sheets by Brenna Tumler. I hope that's how you say her name. And to give you a little synopsis about this, Marjorie Glatt's life hasn't been the same ever since she discovered a group of ghosts hiding in her family's laundromat. Wendell, who died young and now must wander Earth as a ghost with nothing more than a sheet for a body, soon became one of Marjorie's only friends. But when Marjorie finally gets accepted by the popular kids at school, she begins to worry that if anyone learns about her secret ghost friends, she'll be labeled as a freak who sees dead people. With Marjorie's insistence on keeping Wendell's ghost identity a secret from her new friends, Wendell begins to feel even more invisible than he already is. Eliza Duncan feels invisible too. She's an avid photographer and her zealous interest in finding and photographing ghosts gets her labeled as different by all the other kids in school. Constantly feeling on the outside, Eliza begins to feel like a ghost herself. Marjorie must soon come to terms with the price she pays to be accepted by the popular kids. Is it worth losing her friend Wendell? Is she partially to blame for the bullying Eliza endures?
1: well you know uh, it's a pretty thick book so it like, is if, it's so <laughs> big <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's um, it's, yeah it's actually it's a pretty hefty book and I remember Sheets coming out and Sheets is a bit smaller uh, than this one and it's actually like it was actually a very popular book and I yeah. think still is it's a it's definitely in the YA spectrum to like YA like middle school fiction yeah. I would say And it deals with like some heavy topics like death and isolation and bullying and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But it's still it was very charming. And I personally, I uh, if when I was a teenager and I saw that book, I would have snatched it up immediately because anything about like death or like dying or dead people, I was like all and I still am super interested in it. (laughs) Admittedly, though, it's been a while since I last read Ghost. I I read it when it first came out. Sheets, uh, you mean? And, oh, yeah, sorry. Sheets, <laughs> um, uh, when I read Sheets. And I actually didn't even know there was a sequel until it was dropped on my doorstep. And I was just like, oh, shit, they made a sequel. Yeah. And But this book is definitely a lot more dense, a lot more mm, nuanced, I would say. I would almost go on to say that I kind of feel like it might it could have been broken up into two mm-hmm. uh into into two books but i can i can also see why it wasn't and why uh in itself is a full piece uh is good enough and um, um i've seen a lot because this is this is what okay this is only press oh uh, i don't know why i thought it was something else i thought it was like scholastic or uh or I'm a penguin or something like that because they've been publishing a lot of YA fiction as well. But a lot, I have been seeing that a lot of YA graphic novels tend to be one piece, uh, one full piece books uh, as well. They don't really like to break them up uh, or mm-hmm. cut them into like multiple volumes of stuff like that. Yeah. They kind of want a whole full story condensed into one book. But overall, I... I enjoyed it. Uh, I really did.
2: So I've never read Sheets. Um, I'd always seen it in the store and wanted to pick it up and look at, uh, read it. But I never had the opportunity because we would always sell it so quickly. Um, And so when this one came in, we actually, it was donated to our podcast by a friend who has, it was sent to him on accident. And he was like, I don't need these here. You go, you can have it. So (laughs) I was like, oh, perfect. (laughs) Three copies. And it's a woman creator. And uh, it's a YA. And let's do it. So uh, anyway, we um, or I never have read sheets. But now I kind of want to because I want to find out more about Wendell. I want to find out more about the rest of the ghosts. They kind of focus on Wendell. And I was like, why is she only friends with Wendell? There are like 12 other ghosts that are surrounding her this whole time. Why is so she true. friends with all of
1: them? Exactly. Um, Maybe they're older.
2: There is one that has like little granny glasses and she calls everyone sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> so that is a very astute observation that could very well be the case. But um, I do like the fact that it does deal with such heavy... Subjects, As Jen already mentioned, it deals with depression, isolation. There's even some hard suicide talk in the book. And not only that, but also they specifically talk about going to therapy. And mm-hmm. so I really like that when I first picked it up, I, I, the title delicates and I read that okay she has a family laundromat whatever and so I just assumed mm-hmm. that you know it had something to do with that but there's so many different ways that delicates have the word delicate and that delicates has a meaning in this book mm-hmm. um and I really enjoyed that and I really liked the um, the the topics that were approached I mean there was a lot of them I and mean, there was bullying it it was it was just very heavy but in a very non-heavy way if that makes sense like it's Mm -hmm. very accessible to the middle age or middle school age range it was Mm -hmm. very accessible to me as a full-grown adult Um, I really enjoyed it a lot and would recommend this to everybody not just um, younger readers. I would recommend it to adult readers as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I absolutely agree. I um, I very much enjoyed this book. I love the artwork. I love the pacing of the book. I There are some panels that there's not even any uh, dialogue or narration mm-hmm. in it, and it just works mm-hmm. so perfectly with like the melancholy feel of this book. This whole story, even the colors uh, that the colors chose for these panels, it feels very kind of like um, melancholy, I think is what I would refer to it as Mm -hmm. and the artwork is spectacular I love it you see a lot of um, different expressions in the characters and I love how you can get a feel of the character's uh, personality through the art, but not only that, the dialogue uh, writing, the script writing on this is really great. I particularly loved Mr. Duncan's um, sense of humor. Um, (laughs) He was definitely one of my favorites for sure. And Elisa, she, her kind of isolation from the popular crowd was really moving like you could totally see it in the in the side glances of the artwork uh the the way the characters moved within the storyline you could really feel you know her struggle yeah um, and how Mm -hmm. she kind of really wanted to be true to herself and her um her chosen path which is she's trying to build her portfolio she does photography but she her project is to photograph ghosts and so everybody makes fun of her for that and Mm -hmm. and 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 the fact that Mr. Duncan uh, the school teacher is also her father it it makes it very difficult I think a very difficult dynamic for her particularly because He's not always there when she overhears people talking about her and the things that they're saying about her um, and in conjunction to her father being a, a teacher. So that was specifically hard to to read. And it must be really difficult for a kid to live through in eighth grade, especially yeah, when she no was kidding. back. Yeah, Yeah, mm-hmm. and so uh, I really felt the story was really well done. It was really amazing. I really loved it. I really did. I I just want to mention
2: that um, I hadn't noticed this before because I was just like flipping right through to get to the beginning, but the dedication says, for anyone who feels lost, hurt, or alone, you matter. So that's Mm -hmm. really cool. And I just want to also point out that the artist, the writer, the colorist, all those is the same person. It is Brina Thumler. So I definitely, she definitely gives reina telgemeier a run for her money oh yes in, in that vein um if you've ever read any of her books um anyone who loves uh sisters and um uh, ghosts and any of her other books that she's read would i think um, completely enjoy sheets and delicates
0: mm-hmm. not only that so i saw it was it actually came out march 2021 the book i uh-huh. see Um, uh, at least that's where it says the first edition is and I can't help but like I don't know books like these take years to make and stuff like that Um, or like months to make and it's a pretty hefty book but last year uh, in 2020 children's suicide went up Mm -hmm. Uh, like and because children were at home and they were like in abusive homes or they were just like they didn't have the same contact with their friends as they were used to and stuff like that but it's an undeniable fact that children's suicide went up and I think a lot of people don't take that like it's a serious topic but it's only a serious topic once it's already been committed like I think talking about like kids need therapy like it's not just them being like hormonal and overdramatic and stuff like that like Of course, I was hormonal and overdramatic too, but that doesn't stop the fact that my first real suicide attempt was in high school Mm -hmm. uh, as well. And uh, it was, yeah, there was like, of course, like being overdramatic and stuff doesn't seem as real as the way, but there's still the point in life that those emotions to those teenagers are real in the fucking moment. Right. Um. And a lot of people don't take them seriously. And I and even some kids themselves don't take it seriously, too. They don't think they need to see a therapist as yeah. well because they're just all like, oh, like, no, like they won't understand and stuff like that. But that's just kids like being like, you know, like adults don't get me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think still like trying to get your child to see a therapist, even if you don't think anything's wrong with them. Or stuff like that. I think it doesn't matter. I think children should be able to see therapists or get therapy no matter what. It, because it's 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 a difficult time being a teenager and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think them being able to have somebody who can keep their confidence no holds bar the way a therapist can, uh, if it isn't a danger to themselves, is a good thing. Because it's like a lot of kids nowadays, like for like stuff like that that like i know kids used to have diaries and stuff like that uh but that's definitely not really the thing now a kid's diary nowadays is the fucking internet which is a oh whole God. shit show in and of itself oh absolutely. so it's so i think introducing kids to therapy into therapy sessions and going to see a professional is a good headway to curb potentially like dangerous behavior in them and to help them uh mature get mature and to help them work through their emotions as well. And I think the that the book it does a good job of like bringing up therapy and stuff like that. And yeah. so it's it was it but it was all done also in a way that's very uh I don't know if palatable is the correct word for it but it's it definitely is like very like palatable or very easy to grasp yeah. not only just like for the intended audience but for adults as well. Mm-hmm. So I I really did I really did enjoy the book. I think it was I, I think it did a good job doing what it what it needed to do to tell its story,
1: yeah, and th- there's many other stories going on like how she lost her mother yeah, um, and so they're and kind of like the family dynamic in that uh kind of moving the way on. the father
2: is or is not as the case might be dealing with that loss and how it's affecting everybody
1: mm-hmm, exactly mm-hmm. so yeah so um like you said, this book uh is is really really good and and i'm glad that i mean maybe god i hope in the future that therapy can be something that's accessible for young kids for teenagers um especially teenagers i mean i i can remember several occasions where i mean uh, the thoughts that would go in my head is like man I, i i'm like i can't even believe that i used to be that person it's crazy anyway but this book is really amazing and i think I think this is a great read. I think it would be really great if to share it in your classroom. It's a really good book to have on hand too. Like just maybe, you know, you see somebody who needs, you know, a friend or whatever, you know, you just like, hey, you know, read this book. It it's pretty good. And then maybe they could see themselves in it and realize their worth and and that and that they, you know, they matter. Uh-huh. Um, so are you are we ready to actually rate the book? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. I am going to give it Tres Conchas because I really love the artwork. And now knowing that all of that was done by one person, it makes it even greater. Like, (laughs) because you don't have a team that's helping you create this amazing book. So I'm going to give it Tres Conchas and a cup of champurrado. (laughs) Sorry, I just changed your mind. Cup of champurrado as well. This
2: is Kristen, and I am also giving it three conchas and a cup of champurrado. I really liked it a lot. I was um, actually surprised at how much I liked it and how deep it was. Yes. Um and so I definitely, now that I've read it, will hand sell it in the shop and be able to share with people um that it is worth them making an investment into. So uh three conchas and a cup of champurado for me. And
0: this is Jen. I'm gonna give it uh tres conchas and a it's really hot. So a cup of cold cold milk a glass of (laughs) cold cold milk to uh eat it along with but I I enjoyed it I wish I had something like this when I was a teenager to read and like take comfort in but it did a good job it's a good read I would uh I will admit I don't think it's a really good standalone one I think you need to have read Sheets in order to better understand and comprehend *Delicates* as well, so I would recommend getting *Sheets* first and then getting *Delicates*. Uh, but being as is, it, the the story does eventually you you are able to unravel it if you just picked up *Delicates* as well. But I would highly recommend picking up *Sheets* beforehand. Awesome.
1: Well, that was our review, guys, of *Delicates*. <laughs> all right guys now it's time for on my radar and today on my radar is an amazing uh, what seems to be an amazing book i mean i we actually got a courtesy digital copy um i have not been able to read it yet but i will because now i've read a lot of uh i there's a lot of um a lot of people's first impressions being shared on Facebook. And I'm just like, whoa, that sounds super cool. It's Nuclear Power. It's digitally, it's gonna be available digitally on Hoopla and Comixology on April 21st. And the story is described as The Handmaid's Tale Meets the X Men. Wow. <laughs> what an intro. What a description. <laughs> it sounds super amazing. Uh, The story is inspired by our mother's experiences trying to Americanize Americanize after the Cuban Missile Crisis when Cubans were attacked in this country for being the enemy. We, oh, hey, doesn't that sound familiar? (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) we hope that people take away the idea that we shouldn't fear others for being different, that we shouldn't automatically try to destroy what we don't understand. Uh, and it's nuclear power number one that's going to be releasing digitally and the writers are Desiree Proctor and Erica Har- Harrell, the artist is Lynn Yoshi, and the publisher is none other than Fanbase press, our friends uh, that recently had twin girls so congratulations to them but yes, uh, it's going to be it's for mature readers and it's going to cost 99 cents. Um, and again, it's available on Hoopla and Comixology and check in with me on the next episode because I'll have a little bit uh, of more. Uh, I would have read the first issue, so I'm excited for that. So that's what's on my radar. Pick it up uh, again on Hoopla and Comixology it's, uh on sale April 21st, 2021, and it's 99 cents for the first issue. And it's a six issue comic book series. So be sure to check that out, guys. And I'm. I think
2: I heard you uh, say the creators' names, but they're all women. Yes, that's right. Yeah.
1: Oh, it would be great to review it on our podcast. Yay! Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, but the artwork, I checked it out. It was really amazing. So you guys, be sure to check that out. Um, uh, again, Hoopla and Comixology on April 21st. And that's what's on my radar. All right, guys. Now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen. What what are you bringing <laughs> to the table today? Well,
2: today um, I was shared um, uh, some some a friend shared with me a book that got me kind of delving a little bit more into the creator, and I found that they sh- that they have actually written a whole series of these types of books. But the book that was shared with me is "I'm a Brilliant Little Black Boy." And it is part of uh, the B-Boy collection slash the I'm a a Boy collection. And um, it's introducing I'm a Brilliant Black Boy. And so this is a designed, uh, a book that has colorful pictures to celebrate little black boys with love. And the creators are um, Betty Bynum, who is an actress, writer, singer, and songwriter, and entrepreneur, And Joshua Drummond, who is also an author, an actor, and writer, and hip-hop music composer. And they also wrote, I'm a pretty little Black girl, and I'm a lovely little Latina. Hooray, I'm a girl in the USA, and also I'm an awesome Asian girl. And this is uh, planned for um, a 12-book series, and so I'm not sure what... um, number uh i am a brilliant little black boy is in this series but you can just search betty bynum and look check out what is available she's also created apparel for um girls and is currently working on a line of Madame alexander dolls which um are dolls based on the lead characters in each of the book of all of her title series. So definitely check them out. Um, Barnes and Noble has them, and the price for the I'm a Brilliant Little Black Boy is
1: 19.95. Super, that sounds amazing. Um, and you were saying that this is a BIPOC YA series, correct? Yes, uh-huh. That's super cool, and I'm so Oh excited- no,
2: not YA, it's for younger readers, Um, and I believe that they say that, uh, it is recommended for, um, for like four to nine or something. So it's for young readers. Oh, nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. But I'm
1: just excited. I get to use BIPOC in a sentence.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know ever since I learned how to pronounce it, I used to see it all the time, but I didn't, I, I was just like B I P O C. So, yeah. <laughs> ever since he said it that way, I was like, "Oh, I like it." <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the publisher, in case you have trouble finding it, is Dream Title Publishing.
1: All right, guys. Now it's time for En la Librería. Jen, take it away.
0: So we recently had an interview with Henry Barajas about his upcoming comic, Helm Grey Castle Number One, that I believe is out April twenty eighth uh somewhere so. along yeah those yeah, lines. So. yeah so check that out uh on our YouTube page if you would like to know see know more about home Gray Castle but he brought to my attention a series that is currently on Kickstarter that I had at first kind of passed by because I saw it and I was just so like, oh, it doesn't really seem my thing uh but now I regret uh, now I regret not checking it out in the beginning because it is called Gardener. And it is a space western about self acceptance and survival on a failed colony planet. So, wow! Yeah, it sounds really, really good, and I'm so sad that I didn't actually take the time to uh, look at it because space westerns are my fucking shit. Like, <laughs> just like I love space, I love westerns. Combine the two, you get space westerns, and there its a whole genre in and of itself that has given us. Great things like Cowboy Bebop and like, oh, uh, it's basically, I love space westerns. um <laughs> nice, And nice. this one is, uh it actually has already like reached its funding goal. It was, it was trying to get a funding goal of $15,000. It is now at 4000 000- sorry, $46,213 with 1,056 backers and still 10 days to go as of the- Wow, wow, that's great. And it's actually considered as a, a project we love on Kickstarter. And to give you like a little synopsis of it uh, well, about what is Gardner, it's a touch of biopunk, punk, a smattering of body heart, and a whole lot of mystery. This book is a love letter to all sci-fi adventure stories that the creator Matt Emmons grew up with. Uh, and it's Gardner is set uh, centuries after corporations failed attempt at colonizing a desert planet. The employees they abandoned have gone to great lengths to survive with autonomous robots, Creatures and former humans all trying to find their place on an alien planet. We follow Lars, an ex-junker hired by an ancient robot, the disciple, to investigate the emergence of a strange plague that threatens to destroy all remaining life. But as the mystery unfolds, we find that there's more to Lars than the battered robot lets on. So it looks, it looks, now that I'm like actually looking at the full cover art, it actually does the artwork looks very, very beautiful. Uh, it's, it's very, very kind of like, yeah, biopunk. It is it is very biopunk, which is um uh, a term like, or something that we don't really see a lot outside, I think, of like Studio Ghibli and like Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Uh, but that's the vibes that it's really giving me. And uh, it looks amazing. And you can, of course, always pledge without like, uh, expecting anything. You just want to support the book. But if you want the the book itself, the pledges start at $20 where you get a digital PDF of the book. And then from there, it goes on to $39, which is the book. Uh, And it is a hardcover of the book. They're not doing like a soft cover. This is a hardcover of the book. And it includes shipping at $39. And then after that, you jump up to $65, which is the physical copy of the book, the digital PDF, and a t-shirt uh, about um, um, for the Kickstarter. So it's just like an exclusive t-shirt. And then at $70, you get the book and a long-sleeve t-shirt, uh, t-shirt uh, as well as the digital PDF. And from there, it keeps going on. There is a retailer uh, choice as well. Um but it looks really interesting and it's like space westerns. You got biopunk, you got a great art. Uh, So I highly recommend backing it. I know I already have. Like I immediately (laughs) backed it as soon as I saw it and I was just like, oh, okay. Well, once uh, Henry was just like, said like, yeah, like I backed it, like it looked really interesting. And so I went back and I was like, oh, it does actually look interesting. So Gardner on Kickstarter. Awesome.
1: Thanks, Jen. All right, guys. Now it's time for saludos. Kristen, a quien estamos mandando saludos today? So today
2: uh, we are saludando Paul Meyer. Now you may or may Ooh. not remember from a um, a previous episode, episode <laughs> <laughs> that he is the creator of Under the Cottonwood Tree. El susto yes. de la curandera and we loved it and he came into Heidi Ho Comics this week to drop off some physical copies of the book um so now if you are interested um Heidi Ho has copies of under the cottonwood tree and it is such an amazing book and he was just really talking about how hard it was for him that unfortunately he released a comic book in 2020. And so he it's taking him longer to try to get out there, get the word out. Um, to he can't couldn't do any signings. Um, and it's just been difficult for creators all around. So I wanted to definitely give him saludos and let people know that his book is now at Heidi Hill Comics. And you can also go to under the cottonwoodtree.com to get either a paperback for 19 or a hardcover for $29.99. And in case you guys don't remember, a little synopsis of the book. It's 1949 and the sleepy little village of Algondones, New Mexico, is about to be awoken by a strange magic. An enchanted cookie transforms Carlos Lucero from a boy into a black and white calf. And it's up to his older brother, Amadeo, to find a way to change him back. Join them on the adventure of a lifetime as they unravel the many secrets of the forest and discover the true meaning of El Susto de la Curandera.
1: Oh, gosh, I love that book. I love the art in that book. It's just really yeah. great. I it think is a
0: beautiful book.
1: It's It really is a beautiful book. And you get the full story in that one trade paperback. I do remember one of the Inktober's, I, I think I drew the... Uh, the donkey Oh yeah! Uh, yeah. and uh, it, it was the first time I ever drew a donkey and I just I love I just fell in love with their artwork and the story it was just really beautiful so saludos to Paul Meyer all right guys that brings us to the end of this episode girls where can they find us
2: you can find us on Facebook at Comic Comadres and also on Instagram at Comadresy Comics
0: you can find us on Twitter at Comic Comadres, where you can DM us as well.
1: You could always email us directly at comics at gmail.com. We also have an amazing, amazing, amazing YouTube channel. Just search Comadres Comics and we'll pop right back up there. And you could check out our Las Pláticas uh, interviews with amazing creators in the Latinx and in the indie comic book industry. And uh, we just released one with Brina Nunez and it was amazing, amazing, great time. We recently recorded one with Henry Barajas and that will be, Uh, being released uh, in in a few days. So check those out. Uh, Please remember we are at the almost at the end of our uh, raffle gathering all these people that have uh, thankfully reviewed and uh, reviewed and rated our podcast. Thank you so much for your entries. Thank you for those who have subscribed uh, to our YouTube channel and uh, commented on our on our interviews in Las Pláticas. Uh, We will soon be doing that drawing. Remember, you could still enter the drawing. uh, Just uh, rate and review our podcast on iTunes uh, or on CastBox. And uh, you can win a signed copy of both issue one and two of Marcus Newsom's Lightning Strikes and a ninth anniversary can release from Monkish Brewing. Um, Also, please remember, we have a Patreon. Where can they find that, Kristen? You can
2: find us um, on Patreon at patreon.com slash period podcast network. You can also go to periodpodcastnetwork.com. We have a brand new website up where you can find out more about the other um, podcasts that are um, being produced by period network. Um, there's tinseltown tea there is yes a stripper there's girl boner there's elaine's cooking for the soul and there is comedy girl crush you can actually go to period podcast network to find out more about the shows and also to find us on patreon
1: absolutely we just received uh released our first zine and it was marvelous may i just say jen your poem was very beautiful i super oh thank you it was you know I kind of forgot that I
0: submitted that (laughs) (laughs) so yeah uh, it just I mean
1: I mean I've known you for many years but I think it's the first time I actually read something that you wrote and I was like starstruck like I'm like oh my god you are so talented I mean (laughs) thank you
0: the (laughs) amount of
1: emotion that is behind that I was just like oh my god It, it feels like I'm just Discovering Jen—it's crazy. (laughs) So now I can't wait for the zine to come out (laughs) every month. Thanks.
0: I I I'm very begrudging with sharing my writing. I think the only time that I've fully shared it is um uh, is usually with my uh, in class with my professors and because I have to to get a grade um um, and the the few pieces that I've done for uh, the Santa Monica Press and even those those were had more of a journalism take on them. But um, I realized that a lot when I do like personal writings or stuff like that, I I always impart a lot of myself in them and I'm very miserly with that. So I tend to I tend to keep it very close to myself and not like tell anyone, which I'm trying to break out of because like, how am I going to? Uh, if I want to make money off of this, I'm going to have to be comfortable with sharing these pieces that I have poured myself into and like deal with the criticisms that come with it or with the uh, um, reception that I get. If somebody hates it, I have to separate myself from my writing uh, as well, which is difficult to do because a lot of myself comes in through my writing. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you liked it and I'm glad um, uh that you had something positive to say. And if you didn't, well, I guess I'm not friends (laughs)
1: anymore. No, uh, no, Jen, it's it's wrong. I didn't just like it. I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.
2: And it's a mere $5 a month uh, as one of our patrons to delve deeper into Jen's soul and (laughs) read more of her work (laughs) um because we're all going to be on her now for uh for turning in more because yes it was I honestly felt very um uh like almost what's the word like guilty for like seeing something or knowing something that I shouldn't if that makes sense After (laughs) after reading it you know what I mean
0: so, yeah, I mean, absolutely. it was. Uh, I was honestly surprised when I made it, uh, because it was a it was an assignment for class that I polished up to turn mm-hmm. it in into, uh, the zine because I was just like, man, I can't just turn this thing in. I gotta polish it up a little bit at least. Um, um so I did, but um, uh, when I was writing it, I was actually very surprised because the prompt was take something that you use every day and write a poem about it and it was just that and I was just like what's something that I use every day and I was just like the stove I fucking use the stove all the time and I was just like and it's like it's a <laughs> it's a good stove uh it's a little old it's a little beat up and it's a little bit on its last edges but then as I was writing the poem I uh, I realized that it, it it's a part of my life that I didn't realize because my little sister doesn't use the stove at all mm-hmm. like she doesn't um my mom uses the stove uh my dad uses the stove sometimes and my little brother doesn't use the stove top he uses the oven because mm-hmm. he likes baking and stuff he likes like that. baking yeah yeah and uh I just like I just got like really into it I was just like what are my thoughts about the stove and myself and it's just and it seems so innocuous something uh like that but and, but once I like really got writing into it I was I couldn't help but project a little bit of myself and my thoughts and how I kind of view myself uh, onto it as well. So if you want to read that, (laughs) subscribe to our Patreon and you can get exclusive access to my poetry and possibly other stuff. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm glad I got to see it. And there's a lot of other wonderful things that were contributed. There's a story about... Uh, how jello is a really fundamental part of, of everyday family uh, uh, down to this the dishes they bring over to like potlucks so um
0: it just it, it was a very yeah. great scene yeah it was that really one weirded great. me out a little bit I was, just, <laughs> I was seeing seeing the spaghettios and jello stuff i was just like <gasps> I,
2: I used to love spaghettios as a kid so much.
1: <laughs> I haven't saw the videos
2: in a very long time, and the little
1: tiny little meatballs. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but also, we have other tiers. We have other tiers, but we have a special behind the scenes Gomadesi comics. Uh, really, really uncensored i mean if we're uncensored now imagine for the uh, (laughs) back the the back matter the the extra stuff we record um like some of you may be wondering why we haven't talked about the snyder cut you can get that information when you subscribe to our patreon because we go all balls out on that one so you Mm -hmm. don't want to miss out on that yeah so just really quickly Um,
2: The three levels, the three uh, membership levels for becoming a patron of the Period Podcast Network is $5, um, and that gets you a zine. Um, It will um, contain a roundup of what we've been making on the network, as well as contributions from the hosts of the different podcasts. And then um, $10 a month, you'll get a bonus episode, and not just a bonus episode from Komasi Comics. You get a bonus episode from all of the um, all of the podcasts, so you can be introduced to all of the many amazing other podcasts that um, that period podcast is producing. And then the last membership level is twenty dollars a month, and it is a Zoom hangout. And so it says, um, "This is our best tier because it is us." Our value $20 a month patrons can join us live on Zoom, ask us questions about podcasting, about our personal skills, or maybe even our personal lives. So definitely an AMA for all of the period podcasts, podcasters. And don't you just want to know um, all kinds of secret uh, personal things about us? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and you already know that for the most part, we share TMI. So nothing is off the table.
1: <laughs> yep. Absolutely nothing. And on that note, guys, we have come to the very end of our episode. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Goodbye, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.